0: Let's get into the Word of God this morning. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the miracles. Actually, Les is here today. Les, stand up. Stand up, Les. Stand up. Les had bladder, bladder cancer, and then bladder cancer disappeared. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hey? It is so good. He looks so well. He looks so better. He's actually walking so well. Prior, he was struggling to walk. So, Lord, we want to thank you that you are the miracle-working God. Amen? We want to thank you today that nothing is too hard for you. And, God, we just ask by your Spirit, just as you led the Israelites to conquer the land one battle at a time, that you would continue to lead us to take this land by your Holy Spirit for your kingdom and your glory. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Right, the first Sunday of the year I normally release a prophetic word that God has given to me. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to do it next week. Because I had it all lined up, I spent time praying, sitting with God, opening scripture, just hearing his heart. And I, there is a four page thing that I'll give to you next Sunday. But I had this stirring in my heart that I had to share something else and I can't go against that stirring of the Holy Spirit in my heart. So we're going to go with that. Is there an amen? So next week will be the prophetic word. This week is a message that was stirring in my heart to bring to you about fresh fire. Oh. I could get a little bit excited. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say more? Oh, that's dangerous. Matthew chapter 3, in verse 11, John the Baptist says, I, will, I baptize you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It could take a while to get through this message today. (laughs) If you're new here, you'll get used to me. That's all good. The last year, maybe it's longer than the last year, but definitely the last year, that was part of the prophetic word, that God was refining. He was looking for people to humble themselves and to yield themselves to him and say, God, have your way in me. To refine us and to purify us, to have clean hands and pure hearts, that it's not about us, it's not about what we want, but it's about him. It's about his kingdom and his glory and his honor. Is there an amen? Uh, stuff in us had to go so that we could be positioned for the more that he has for us. And there's a principle here. John the Baptist came first. He came carrying a message of repentance. But after the repentance came the one who would baptize with the Spirit and fire. Are we ready? Oh. For this, For the... With a spirit and fire. Are we ready? On the day of Pentecost, we read in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. I love house, house churches in the book of Acts. They were house churches of 100, 200, 300, 400 people squeezed into people's homes. They weren't what the modern, you know, the westernized world say house churches. I'm in a house church of 12 people. They were they were all squeezed in one home. They were, they were there in that place. When you go to China, when my friend went to China, they, they had house churches. They had 300 people squeezed in the walls in the dark of night. That's my kind of house, church. That's pretty cool. I remember my friend saying he, didn't, he couldn't lift his hands to the Lord because he couldn't get them back down again. They were so squished together, they dare not raise their hands in worship because they couldn't get their hands back down again. So if you think we get a little bit close, go somewhere like there. Then you'll go, wow, that's really close. Fantastic. Joni's been there talk to Joni about it <laughs> they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began ho oh, and, be, and began to speak in different tongues as the spirit enabled them Woo! They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them and they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Is there an amen? I believe as we enter into this time, it's not just about a year, it's about a time, it's about a season in God. I'm not so focused upon 2022 and 2023, but I'm more focused upon the seasons of God. The seasons of God, the season of God has been, you know, clean hands and pure hearts in preparation. But I believe that God is getting us in a season ready to receive a fresh outpouring of his spirit and fire. But the thing we have to understand is this, the battles, hands up who's faced battles over the last three years. Okay, so just about every person here has faced some sort of battle. And the thing about battles is that they can bring with them a sense of weariness. When you've you've gone from, particularly if you've gone through many battles, you can get weary, you can get tired, you can feel it exhausted people can lose hope when you've been going through battles you you lose hope you you begin to see like a like a blanket of fog we don't get a lot of fog here but we get a lot of fog in Tasmania so fog so foggy that you can't see from here to rod and that's fun driving you just accelerate sorry I shouldn't say that should I Sometimes do, but people get so blanketed in a fog because of the battles that they can't see, and so they lose hope. And hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you lose hope, you put off hope. You put it off, and you lose it. And you start to grow weary and tired. Now, now, not just physically or spiritually, but emotionally, you. You get tired and you get weary. This is what the battles can do. And this is what the enemy wants to do in people's lives, is to make them so battle-weary that they give up hope. Coupled with the apathetic, complacent spirit that's over our nation, Australia has a spirit of apathy when it comes to the things of God. We can have 100,000 people cheering at the MCG for their sports team, at the, at, you know, with their voices being raised. But when they gather as believers, no, we better not get too rowdy. We better not get too passionate about the things of God, okay? Tim, you're getting too passionate. Just settle down a bit. There's a. Sp- <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. Bless you. There's a spiritual apathy. And complacency over our nation. And when you put all that together, together with a comfortable life that we have in Australia, it leads to passive Christianity. And I think that's part of the reason that, that we are where we are as a nation, because of passive Christianity. It's been confined to between 10 and 12 on a Sunday morning in a building. But yet this is the overflow when we get together from living a life of worship and living in the presence of God and encountering the Holy Spirit and getting together with brothers and sisters to pray and open the word and encourage each other, this is the overflow moment. This is not the fill-up moment so we can go again. This should be the overflow moment. But because the church has been so passive, everyone's looking to Sunday to give them the little buzz so that they can get through the next week. But God is returning us to a pattern of worship that is seven days a week. It cannot be confined just to a time. It is open worship. And I will worship the Lord. And that's why we're going to go into the parks again. We will worship Him. We will praise Him. We will bring the banners and we will do whatever we do. We might even dance. When was the last time, in all seriousness, when was the last time you positioned yourself for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? And you can say, well, Tim, I am filled with the Spirit. But no, 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 in Ephesians 5.18, the Greek, the proper Greek tense of this translation is keep being filled with the Spirit. It is not a once-off, I'm filled with the Spirit, that's it, I'm just going to live my life. But it is a continual positioning of yourself before the fount of life that you would keep being filled with the Spirit of God. So my question is valid. When was the last time you positioned yourself for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you said, Tim or May or Liz or Steve or person sitting next to me, will you pray for me? Will you lay your hands on me? Ho ho, that I would receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Ho, When was the last time? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. When was the last time? When was the last time you abandoned yourself in worship? When was the last time you said, God, I'm desperate for you. I feel like I'm a bit dry. I feel like I'm a bit empty. I feel like I'm a bit tired. I feel like I'm a bit battle weary. When was the last time you positioned yourself before God and said, God, fill me? Is that a valid question? Getting back to fire. Fire. There's many fires or many types of fires in Scripture. We're not going to get into all of them today because we'll be here for too long. There is a refining fire. There is a purifying fire, a fire of God that refines you and purifies you. And we've been experiencing that. Is there an amen? Then there's a fire of God's presence in his glory. There was plenty of laughter last night out at May and Trev celebrating New Year and we weren't drunk on wine. I remember years ago when we used to have Friday night prayer in different people's homes before we struggled to fit into some of the homes. You know, that they, they too got a bit rowdy. And I remember this one occasion, the person's home that we were in, they went to their neighbours the next day and they said, I hope we weren't too noisy for you last night. And the wife was sitting next to the husband in their lounge and she was going, she said, no, 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 I was hitting my husband saying, see, you don't need alcohol to have a good time. There's a fire of God's presence and glory. Did you know the word of God is a fire? Your word is a fire in my bones, Jeremiah said. I'm weary of holding it in. The word of God is like a fire. God himself is an all-consuming fire. There's so many different fires in scripture. But today I want to focus on three aspects of fire related to Matthew 3 and Acts chapter 2. Because this is what God is wanting to rekindle in you. Which part, which aspect, that's between you and him. But there's these aspects that he's wanting to rekindle in you today for such a time as this. Amen? The first one is first love fire. First love fire. When the Spirit came, He ignited in His people a fiery passion and love for Jesus. Wherever they went, wherever they they found themselves, they could not help sharing about Jesus and the salvation and the love that they'd found and the things that Jesus had done. Look, look what the Lord has done in my life. Look what the Lord has done in my life. It wasn't just a religious pattern. It was a fresh, fire, fiery first love for Jesus that came and ignited something in the people. And that's what I believe God is God is doing amongst his people. We're not looking for a revival that is here today and gone in 12 months' time, but we're looking for a holy habitation of his presence and his glory where we live in increasing measure in love for Jesus and adoration and worship. But I think we need to always be reminded of the fact we should never cease to be reminded to come back to our first love because it is so easy to just get suddenly off course, isn't it? You could be having a great time in life. Things could be really good and you're just like, and before you know it, you're off course. Your ministry or what God's calling you to could be flourishing and you could be like all these awesome things could be happening and before you know it, you found yourself off course. You could be going through a battle. There could be a lot of battles and things that are happening in your life and you're just so, so, so focused on them and what's happening and before you know it, you're off course. You could have been a believer for 20 or 30 years and, you, and, and you've seen God do great things, but before you know it, you can be off course. I think we need to remind ourselves that we need to keep coming back to that place of first love. Is there an amen? The church in Ephesus. If you read the book of um, Ephesians, the church in Ephesus was an amazing church. God was doing so much. The fivefold were ministering. There were miracles. There were signs. There was wonders. People were helping each other. They were united. They were in fellowship. All these good things were happening. And yet somewhere through that, it was lost, the passion for Jesus. Because the church in Ephesus is one of the churches that Jesus wrote to. Spoke to. And he said, "Right to the angel of the church in Ephesus, Revelation 2. Thus says the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your endurance, that you cannot tolerate evil people. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you've found them to be liars. I know that you have persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. There is so much that Jesus is saying, you've done this well, you've done this well, you've done this well, you've done this well. well." Yet, I have this thing against you. You have abandoned or forsaken your first love. Remember, Then, how far you have fallen, repent and do the things you did at first. What did you do at first? When you had that encounter, when Jesus revealed himself to you, what did you do at first? What did you do at first? Worshipped. Cried. What did you do at first? Surrendered. What were the things that you started to do? What did you do at first? Evangelised. Telling people about Jesus. Got hungry for the word of God. Pray. Did anyone pray? Anyone begin to pray? Pray. Talk to him. Worshipped. Remember the things that you did. Do them again. Sometimes we find ourselves in a dry place and we go, I just don't know what to do. Do the things you did at first. Surrender afresh. Yield afresh. Get into the word afresh. Pray. Be around people that carry something that you go, I need that freshness in my life. I need that love. I need that fire in my life again. Jesus, Jesus is not con- concerned about what we do for him as he is about who you are and how you walk with him. We live in a very doing society. We live in a very... Um, You know, visual society. So many people get their identity out of what they do. Sports stars. You know, a lot of them fall into drugs, alcohol, depression, after their sporting career is finished because their identity was wrapped up in what they did. And when they don't do it anymore, they go, well, who am I? If I can't do that anymore, then who am I? And Christians can be exactly the same where we can get our, our identity out of preaching, prophesying, praying for people, sharing, sharing stuff with people. We've always got to be careful that that, is not, that does not determine our identity, but our identity is fixed solely in Jesus Christ. And the fact that I am, I am, I am, I am loved, I am accepted, and I am secure in Him, nothing else. Because Jesus says this to the church in Ephesus. He says, Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand unless you repent. That's a serious statement. I don't think we understand sometimes what that actually means. But if you read the whole book of Revelation, you'll understand that a lampstand is symbolic of the church, the witness. He said, unless you return to your first love, I'm actually going to remove your witness. And we wonder why later in Revelation 3 that he says, I wish you were either hot or cold, not lukewarm. Because if we claim to be a Christian, yet not walk with Jesus, we actually dishonor him. We do. We do. That's not his heart. That's not what he paid for. That's not the sacrifice that he gave. He said, I have given you a new heart and I will place my spirit in you and I will move you to follow my ways. Isn't that so cool? We just just have to yield. We just have to yield and say, God, I just want to." Holy Spirit have your way in me. And you'll find yourself being changed from glory to glory to glory because the Holy Spirit is at work in you. But such was the passion of Jesus that the people would be in relationship with him. He was willing to remove their witness. And if I could be, if I could be a little bit bold for a minute, I don't think it's any wonder why whilst what we see in life, there's life and there is death in Different fellowships around our nation, there is also life and there is death. Sometimes fellowships have to close. And I experienced that firsthand once, pouring out our heart into soul, into something that was not being resuscitated. And the Lord just said, this one needs to close. But we hold on to stuff, don't we? It's not a wrong thing sometimes to close things down. Because God brings something new. So will you return to your first love fire? Remind yourself of that time that you knew that you were born again. And if you're here today and you don't know that, then today is a great day for it. Remind yourself of the things you did at first. And let the fire of first love rekindling you. The example that I always use is Bonnie. Because there's a fire in first love. She was my first love. When she was on the bus, and her bus used to drop people off at my high school, I used to look at her. No, I wasn't really looking. And she just happened to sit on the right side of the bus that I could see her. Two years later, we finally got together. And my dad, I, I know I'm sorry if I'm boring you with this, but I want to just re, just I want to get you to visualize this. My dad used to tell me to get off the phone. You know those old phones? <coughs> you know those little dial phones? Yeah, they were they were around. There was only one telephone line into our house and my dad used to say, will you just get off the phone? You just saw her yesterday. But that was something in me. I just wanted to be with her. And it's the same with Jesus. He is looking and he is waiting. He hasn't left you. If you're walking along in life and you're going, Jesus, where are you? He's right there. He's just saying, will you just rest? Will you just come back to me? Will you just... Will you just drop everything that's in your mind and in your thoughts? And will you just come and just yield to me afresh because I haven't left you? Because I said I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. It's you. You're the one that's just turned your face slightly away because you're distracted. You're upset. You're worried about many things. You've got many concerns. Things are happening in your life. You're distracted. I had the first love fire come back. Is there an amen? Okay, that's half of you. Good. The second fire is a fire, a passion a hunger for more. You know, Jesus said the enemy comes, in John 10.10, 10, he says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And we can use that, that, that phrase, we can use that for all kinds of things. The enemy wants to steal, you know, rob. But Then Jesus says, but then Jesus makes this statement. He says, but I have come to bring you life, and life in poverty? What? Life in abundance. Life in abundance. He came to give you abundant life. We're not talking about finance here. we just, just, we're talking about spiritually first and foremost. He came to give you life in abundance. Life in abundance. The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy anything that would lead you into abundance because Jesus came to bring abundance. That's what Jesus said to the church in Laodicea. He said, I know your deeds. But they were found to be lukewarm. And he said, I'd rather that you'd be cold or hot. Hot. That we would be found hot. Where there's heat, there is where there is heat, there is fire. That we would be hot. That we would say no to the enemy. Stop. That he would stop stealing and killing and destroying our hope, our joy, our faith, our life. And that we would say, yes, God, it's time we started to agree with you and the abundant life that you came. Like Julie says, when she starts to feel sick, when ailments when come against her, she goes, no, they are not mine. They do not belong to me. I am blood bought by Jesus Christ and I belong to him. When the enemy comes and starts to speak into your mind, you will never measure up. You're a failure. That thing, Things will never change or whatever he happens to say to you, you shut the door on that and you say, no more will I allow him to steal, kill and destroy. I will stand and have the life that is mine in Christ. Don't we see that in the book of Acts? Do we see the fire for more, the hunger for more? We do. From the beginning, when the tongues of fire came and separated and landed and they were filled with the Spirit, the Word of God started to spread. Things just started to happen. And it wasn't just for a few days. It was years and years and years. The Gospel reaches to the ends of the earth. Tasmania. Well, the bottom end of New Zealand is probably the furthest point away from Jerusalem, but Tasmania's not far. That's the kind of God that we serve. His kingdom come. His will be done. You know, we read verses in Scripture like like 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, when it says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It's not, oh, when you feel like it, when you get around to it, you know, just ask for some gifts. No, no, no. It was eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Why Why prophecy? Because it is not about you. It is about building and edifying the other person. This is what church is meant to be. Not pulling people down, not tearing people down, not pointing fingers at each other, but actually how can I edify, how can I build up, how can I strengthen, how can I encourage my brother to become all that I see that he can be in Christ? This man here is a man who has a heart for the word and there is a greater fire in him that God is going to release. He's going to release it in him. We should be a place where we are, which is good. But we edify and build up and strengthen and encourage one another. We see Christ in one another. We see the gold. We see these things. Eagerly desire. There is nothing wussy about New Testament Christianity. There's nothing. There's nothing apathetic about New Testament Christianity. There's nothing. Show me. There's nothing. Everything had purpose. Everything was Jesus. Everything was the kingdom. They were advancing just as the army in the, under the old covenant, that they were taking the promised land. They formed together as a unit and they said, we're going to take this land under the leadership of Joshua. For 40 years, they'd wandered in the wilderness with Moses as their shepherd. But something shifted and something changed and God brought an apostolic leader. If I can use that kind of terminology in Joshua, it says, I'll show you how to fight with a sword because we're going to take this land. And that's what a—that's part of what a New Testament, New Covenant apostle does. They says. You, you have gifts, you have anointing, you have stuff and you need to gather together because we need to take this land. For too long the church has been passive. Well, now it's time to be, what's the opposite of passive? Active, that'll do. But it's not us. It's partnering with the Spirit of God in us. It's not by might or by power, it's by His Spirit. But when you start to pray, when you start to worship, when you start to seek Him, when you start to spend time intentionally in His presence, guess what starts to happen? There's a stirring of the Holy Spirit. When you position yourselves in those places, there's a stirring of the Holy Spirit, and you can't keep it in. And that leads me into the third part, a fire of the spirit from within. is manifesting God's presence and glory. For some of you here today, I felt like God asked me to ask you, what are you holding in that he has given to you? What are you holding back that he has given to you? You see, some of you, have been in places where you haven't been encouraged the way that you should have been encouraged. Some of you have been in places where you've started to step out in something and then you've been shut down. That's not who we are. We learn to work together, to partner together. But it's the heart of God to see people become all that they're called to be. Whatever gift, whatever ministry, whatever it looks like. There's no competition here. There's no jealousy here. It doesn't matter whether you've got five talents, two talents or one talent. The most important thing is that you're faithful with what God has given to you. So what are you holding in? If we could just go back into these few verses for a minute. In 1 Corinthians 12, you would have read them before, you read them again. But it says that there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord, and there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. What is the manifestation of the Spirit in your life that you're holding back? What is the fire that is within you that you're holding back. Because it says to each one. Not just to some. But to each and every one. To one there is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another uh, another, different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, and He distributes to each one as He wills. It's time to get back to that. The Pentecostal church in Australia, as you've heard me say, is not that Pentecostal. It's time to allow the Spirit of God to have His way in us, that we would become what we were meant to be. Is there an amen to that? We come, and as we worship, there are words of faith, and there's knowledge, and there's healings, and there's miracles, and there's prophecy, and there's things that are happening. It's like popcorn coming off a stove. The oil is there, it's heating up in worship, and as we worship, we go pop, pop, pop. I've got a word for someone today, someone here's got a pain in their right ankle. Who's that? That's me. Let's pray for you. Heal in Jesus' name. Oh, I've got a vision for someone today. And it's just the Spirit of God working in and through each one. We don't have to wait. We have a microphone. And if someone gets up and has a crack at it, and it doesn't work out, you're not going to be berated. You're not going to be brought down because you're having a go. We need to do it in a manner that protects people. But we want to see the Spirit of God move and move and move and move and move and move, and move in you. I remember Gaylene, sorry to pick you out, Gaylene, but I remember when she was here, when Katie Barker came up one of the first times and she and she said to Gaylene, she said, Gaylene, you're meant to be part of this hub of transformation. God is, God is going to give you the interpretation of tongues. And she said, I've been asking for that. We want to see the Spirit of God move through you. Amen? Paul puts it this way to his son Timothy. You know where I'm heading with this. He says, I remind you to fan into flame. Fan back into flame the gift of God that is in you through the laying on, on of my hands. Timothy, where's that flame gone? Rekindle it. What, what, what happens when you rekindle a fire? It's getting pretty low, isn't it? So you find some little sticks that are going to ignite it and you put it in the fire, fire, you put kindling back on the fire and you rekindle it and all of a sudden it starts to catch again. Rekindle the gift that is within you. It's what he's saying to Timothy, his son in the faith. And then he says this to him, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. And I think fear holds us back more than we acknowledge. I'm fearful of stepping out. I'm fearful of having a go. I'm fearful. Well, this is, where the, this is one of the areas where the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Because God has a gift in you. He has something is placed in you that is meant to be shared for the common good. And we need to say no to fear. We need to say no to timidity because we have power, love, and a sound mind. That's what we say yes to. I put off fear. I put off past experiences that have made me the way that I am today. I put them off. I put off timidity. And I receive power, love, and a sound mind. This thing here is just called a microphone. And these people here are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They're not scary. Better to practice in here and be supported than try it out there first. It's a good place. I was thinking about Paul when I was praying into this during the week. (laughs) This is the heart of of a spiritual father. He says, For I want very much to see you. How beautiful is that? For I want very much to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. He wanted to give of himself to others, that they would be strengthened and built up. And he says, That is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Isn't that beautiful? He was going to impart something to them, but then he was expecting to receive something back the other way. And he says that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I love to have coffee with people and hear what God is doing in their life. I love to hear the testimonies of healings. I love to hear the fact that God is stirring people's hearts. I love to hear these things. I am I, I am encouraged and built up as I see the spirit of God at work in people's lives. And he goes on to say in verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's a good declaration to make. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Is that you? Can you say that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Gentile. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's time for the church to rise up in the fire and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ when the world comes and says, you can't say that about this, you can't, you can't, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. So this morning, I guess I just want to say, position yourself. Position yourself in worship, position yourself in prayer, position yourself in the Word of God, position yourself and just, just with brothers and sisters and say, will you, pray, will you pray with me, will you pray for me? Position yourself afresh and let any weariness, any tiredness from the battles, let anything, anything from all the sludge, all the gunk, all that stuff, just start to disappear. Position yourself and allow the Spirit of God to begin to breathe on you afresh. Because there is a flame within you. For anyone who's been born again, there is a flame of God within you. But allow the Spirit of God to breathe on you again. Allow Him to breathe on you. And let that flickering flame become a fire, a fresh fire, ho oh, within you again. A fire for His kingdom. A fire for His presence. A fire for His glory. Put aside anything that hinders and say, God, fill me. It is such a simple prayer. God, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh. Let's just be real for a minute. Who has felt jaded at times over the last three years? Jaded in your walk, jaded, just jaded with stuff. make a decision today if you still feel that way to position yourself that you would receive a fresh fire a fresh fire a fresh fire oh, oh. fresh fire 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 Jesus. Jesus. God, we ask today that you would continue to stir our hearts. That there would be a refreshing, a revitalizing, of our love, of our faith, of our walk, in every way. We thank you, God, that you're leading us into more. Just as you led your people into more in the past, you are leading us to more right here in this place, in this city, in this region. As part of what you're doing in this nation, you're leading us into more. So God, I ask that you would breathe upon the coals of our heart afresh, that the fire would begin to burn. The fire would begin to burn. And where the enemy has come in to steal, kill and destroy, that every door would be shut in Jesus' name. Every lie, every lie of the enemy would be shut down in Jesus' name. That every thought would be held captive and taken captive and made obedient to Jesus Christ. That we would pull down the strongholds that are saying other things in our minds. And that we would begin to agree with you, Jesus. So this morning in the spirit, I feel to make some spiritual declarations. God, I want to thank you that you have kept us for such a time as this. God, that you would revitalize and refresh those people that need refreshing in their faith and in their walk right now in Jesus' name. That over these coming days and coming weeks, that there would be a fresh fire and a fresh moving of the Holy Spirit that would begin to come in their hearts and lives. To those people that have gifts, have ministries, have callings, that have laid them aside, I speak to you in the Spirit today that once again the Spirit of God will begin to breathe on you. Once again the Spirit of God will begin to breathe on you. But I hear the Lord saying, but it's going to be greater than before. That the glory that you're going to experience in these coming days is greater than what you've experienced. That the gift that is placed within you was only used to a certain measure. But I see an increase. I see a dial being turned up. And that gift is going to be, that gift is going to carry more potency. And you're going to see greater breakthroughs and greater, yeah, greater fruit that comes forth from that in Jesus' name. And for those people today that have battled with a sense of identity, I release you from that battle in Jesus' name. And I declare over you that you are a son or a daughter of God. And you are so loved. You are so accepted. You are so secure. Because Jesus has you Jesus has you nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ we receive the wind we receive the rain we receive the fire all for Jesus all for Jesus If you need prayer for anything today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, don't leave it till tomorrow. Do it today. Yield to the Spirit of God at work in you. If you need prayer, if you need prayer for healing... You need some spiritual encouragement. You need some prophecy. You need something to reignite you. If you feel like there's been a dimming of the fire and you just need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, then do it today. What a great day. The first day of the year. The first, the first of January to come and say, God, fill me afresh. If you just want to come and position yourselves in this space up here and say, God, here I am. I yield to you afresh. Then you, then you do whatever you feel that you need to do. Oh. But know this, the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. It's time to get on the train. It's time to jump in the river. It's time. It's time to live for Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus.